You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. August 1st, brand new month, and with that we begin our recaps of BYU fall camp practices as BYU held their first fall camp practice yesterday indoors at the indoor practice facility down there in Provo. I was on hand covering that. We'll get some of the sounds for you from practice, post-practice interviews with Kalani Satake and Zach Wilson. We'll also let you hear from BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake. I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one yesterday, get some of his thoughts on BYU's wide receivers. And of course, we'll catch on up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, new, new details about the situation surrounding Matty Sissoko and his official visit with BYU basketball over the weekend. We'll discuss that as well. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Bombas, as well as the Locked On NFL show, the all-new Locked On NFL podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll tell you about both of them coming up on today's show as well. And with that, let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for August 1st, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. BYU football opened fall camp yesterday. A lot of rain, uh, monsoon type of weather going on in the Provo area, so they took it indoors to the indoor practice facility. But the media, we got to watch about 20 minutes of practice, and I'm not going to lie, we didn't take away a lot from it because they did a lot of individual work, not a lot of teamwork that we were able to observe, but all things considered, I think the energy level is very high for BYU. Kalani Satake sounded pleased with how his guys came out and went about their business on the first day of fall camp. Of course, they're only in helmets and jerseys because they're part of that five-day NCAA acclimatization period where they have to kind of build up towards wearing full pads. But you could tell he was pleased with how his team went about things. Zach Wilson, of course, spoke to the media afterwards. His shoulder has been a, a topic of conversation all offseason long. How healthy is he? Will he be ready to go for the university, ready to go against the University of Utah on August 29th? We're now 28 days away from that game. With it. It's this month. Think about that, y'all. It is this month they're playing that game. And I know we didn't get to our player countdown series yesterday, and I apologize for that. So we'll do two players today to make up for that. We'll do that here in a minute. But Zach Wilson uh, speaking to the media yesterday. I asked him straight up front, how's the shoulder? And here was his response. How's the shoulder? Solid. It's going be good. Be good. When were you cleared full go? I don't know. No one specifically said anything. I kind of just came out. I don't even know if I am cleared. So uh, I kind of just came out here like nothing was nothing was wrong. So, you know. There you go, Zach Wilson. He says it's solid. So we'll take him at his word. Later on, he was asked, okay, well, if the University of Utah game, if the Utah game was this week or tomorrow, how do you feel you would be able to go? And this is how he responded to that question. I think so. I think I'm ready. The problem is just endurance, of course. I mean, I haven't been throwing, you know, routes as long as I have wanted. You have to be on a pitching count, all that that kind of stuff and so you know luckily the game isn't tomorrow so I don't have to worry about that there you go Zach Wilson and he's upbeat you can tell he's ready to go I think he's been chomping at the bit to finally just be able to go out and play I think that's the biggest thing and uh, of course it's it's throwing against air almost when you don't have pads on guys can hand fight a little bit but they can't really do a ton in terms of just defending passes so 
We'll see how things develop throughout fall camp here. BYU will practice again today, but no media availability today. The next media availability will be on Friday. We'll be at that uh, talking with coaches and players once again. But Interesting uh, stuff coming from Kalani Sitake. I appreciate how he addressed the Neil Pau'u situation in particular. He came out, was very direct about it, and he announced Neil Pau'u will set out this upcoming season but will redshirt and remain a member of the BYU football program and remain in school. I applaud the decision by the university. Don't cast him out. Don't send him on his way. I think they're trying to make sure that he gets right in every facet of his life. And one thing that would really hamper that was to just essentially turn your back on him. So here's Kalani Satake's comment about Neil Pau's status with the BYU football program. Neil Pau, we love him to death. He's on the team. He's on the roster. He's not participating in fall camp because he's not going to play this fall. He's going to redshirt and be a junior next year for us. But he's in school and he's on the team, but he's not going to play this year, so we're not going to bring him into fall camp. But he's here and he's part of the team and being around the guys. There you go, Kalani Satake. And I, I appreciate his his straight up front way of addressing it. He made it very clear. No power will redshirt this coming year. And it's and you can call it a suspension if you want to. I, and I think it probably is a suspe- suspension, but they're gonna, he's going to has that redshirt year available. He's going to redshirt. He's going to get everything right. He's got uh, multiple things he's got to deal with in terms of the reduced charge of impaired driving that he pleaded guilty to in Provo City Justice Court. He's got to do a bunch of community service. So I think the nice part is you can tell him, okay, here's the thing. You focus on the classroom. You focus on whatever the university is going to require of you with regards to the honor code to get back into good standing as a student. You deal with what's happening with the legal situation surrounding your case. You deal with that. Don't worry about football. You let him just go about that, get everything cleared up when it comes to uh, his life around football, and but take the football element away. Don't make that a distraction for him. Make sure he focuses on getting everything right in his life as best as possibly can be done. And I, like I said, I appreciate Kalani Satake's straightforward approach to it. This will not be a lingering story now with that because he was straight up, he was upfront about it. He, he addressed the situation head on when asked the question, and now it's a, essentially a non-story and non-story is probably the wrong moniker to use with regards to what's going on with Neil Pau because it's a serious situation all the way around but I, I think that Kalani Satake addressed it in the right way and now us as the media we can move on BYU can move on and we all know the status and situation surrounding BYU's junior wide receiver Neil Pau uh, a couple other news and notes coming out as that BYU the middle linebacking core the linebacking core as whole as a whole, excuse me, is very much in flux. You're trying to find guys who can really step up. And Kavika Fanua, who was once upon a time a BYU running back, has dabbled on the offensive side of things as a running back for some time now, is now back on the defensive side of the ball, will be playing a linebacker once again for BYU. I thought he had an opportunity to maybe show what he could do at running back once again, but the coaches felt like he was better served to go over to the defensive side of the ball where he's played before and participate as a linebacker. So he'll be playing with Zane Anderson uh, and also playing with Peyton Wilgar, who was in the transfer portal earlier this season, kind of pursuing a scholarship option. BYU did reward Peyton Wilgar with that scholarship that he was looking for. So those three, play- those two players, speaking of Kavika Fanua, along with uh, Peyton Wilgar, and then Jackson Kafusi, who I kind of projected would be the breakout star in fall camp at middle linebacker, are going to be the three guys battling for that position. I think Zane Anderson, 
and Chaz Ayu are going to be playing the flash linebacker position. And you probably got Isaiah Kafusi, who's probably your headliner at that bow or weak side linebacker position. We'll see how other guys progress during fall camp, but it's nice to see there's competition already, even on day one. And like I said, in helmets and jerseys, you're not going to see a lot because you can't be as physical as you want to be, especially as a linebacker or a lineman. Once the pads go on, we'll really see who really emerges as the guy. But it's a positive development to see a guy like uh, Peyton Wilgar, Kavika Fanua, and also Jackson Kafusi already battling and jostling for position at the middle linebacker spot. All right, there you go. Some of the news and notes and sounds from BYU Fall Camp Day 1. Excited to be back out there. I think I should make that very clear to you guys. It was awesome to be back out covering football. Saw a lot of the friends from the media that I hadn't seen for a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a family we have when it comes to the media around here, and it's, it, it's cool to see them once again after a long, hot summer, and we're all back, and ready to go. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. You'll hear uh, from BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake. I did a one-on-one interview with him yesterday, the BYU wide receiving core. Very much in flux, needs guys to emerge and really step up and help this position group become the become the position group that BYU fans want it to be. I guess this is the easiest way to say it. They want playmakers to come from the wide receiving position group. I talked with Fessy Sitake about that. Also talked to him about the newcomers when it comes to BYU's wide receiving core. Speaking of Keanu Hill and Luke Andrada most notably. And one other note, Javel Brown. He'll address what's happening with Javel Brown, who's expected to play wide receiver um, this upcoming season for BYU, who addresses his situation currently as well. So we'll take a timeout. We'll come back and talk with Fessy Satake. Before we do that, though, do you want to remind you guys that Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they don't donate a pair of socks to someone in need. So you're both helping your feet out and also helping the feet out of somebody else who really needs it. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash lock today and get 20% off at bombas.com slash locked. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A reminder for you guys, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. So please find it on your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe or follow along with the podcast. And please give us good rating and review. Those five-star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold. And thank you guys in advance for doing that. And also, when you're in your car, you can make it real easy on yourself to keep up to date with the latest in BYU news. All you have to do is tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and we'll be right there with you for the drive wherever you're going, commuting to or from work, just driving around town. You can always stay up to date with the latest in BYU news. All you got to tell your smart device is play podcast Locked On Cougars. All right. I had a chance to speak with Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach yesterday. One of my favorite interviews on BYU's in in the entire program, players, coaches, administrators aside. He is one of my favorite people to speak with. He does a great job coaching up BYU's wide receivers, and he doesn't mince words when he says his expectation is for his wide receiving core to really emerge this fall camp. So without further ado, let's get to this interview. Fessy Satake with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. What can your position group in the wide receiving core on day one when you're only wearing helmets, you're still in this acclimatization period going on, what can your guys show and or do on day one? Um, first thing that pops off in my head is, is um, having pads on or not doesn't affect 
our, uh, our ability to execute a play, um, to line up in the right spot, uh, to be able to communicate, to understand the plays that we're running. The other thing is, is um, the, only, the only thing where pads comes into play is, is my ability to see guys break tackles um, and to see them you know, make contested catches, knowing that they're going to get hit, and then obviously being physical and being able to block in the run game or when a play pops loose. Other than that, I love still what I'm able to see out of my guys when they're just in helmets. You know, there's so many big plays that were made today, guys flying around, tough catches that were made. Um, and so whether we're in pads today or not, I think I was able to get a great gauge today on just um, what the guys are, are might be able to do. And, and, and even though it's day one and you can't see a lot, I actually was able to see um, a lot of things I like today. So really optimistic about day one. You talked to media day about you know that your position group needs to step up this year. What have you talked to your guys about through, I guess, the rest of the summer here to get them ready to go? Well, uh, a big thing is them just kind of knowing the the uh, shift of the offense. Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities, and when you know you get a lot of opportunities, uh, opportunities just mentally, psychologically, you know that you can play a little bit more laxed. Um, and and I think that I haven't had to say much. I think they just understand that you know what. Between me and themselves, we put a, we, we applied a lot of pressure on ourselves last year, knowing that maybe we weren't going to get a, a lot of opportunities. It's like we talked about it. It's just sometimes, you know, that, that's the vibe we got, and that created some pressure. And so now they've been able to just work through it and, and realize that, man, we're going to be getting a lot of opportunities. Balls are going to be coming, flying in the air. And so they've been able to play more loose and with a new level of confidence. Um, and like I said, in day one, at least just for now, I was able to kind of see that. Health-wise, your guys all pretty much good to go coming into camp? Yep, every single one of them. No injuries. And the guys who did have issues, Aleva, Gunnar Romney, those guys are 100%. No reservations, and and which was nice to have all my guys today. So I, I was just going to ask you, as a coach, that's a pretty comfortable feeling. You know, hey, we're ready to go. Yeah. We don't have to have wait on anybody. I've, I've had, I had 13 guys today to rotate through, and I've, I haven't had that since I've been here. You know, I've always been kind of a little depleted and had to be real um, kind of just – smart and tactical and how I rotate but it's been nice to have a deep group and so hopefully they're able to stay healthy throughout camp. I want to ask you about two of your newcomers. Yeah. First off, Luke Andrada. I think we all have seen video of his track speed, what yeah. he did in Colorado at the prep ranks. What does he bring besides just that sheer speed factor? That's what I'm Okay. trying to figure out because today even you didn't even see the element of speed today because he's he's <laughs> rightfully so he's very in his head there's a lot of new plays it's day one I've never played receiver so he's thinking about not just technique he's also thinking about what's my assignment and there's a lot so we weren't able to see that and so my job is to get him to really understand the playbook and to play confidently now we're able to he's going to be able to showcase that speed and so what he brings that's kind of what I'm looking forward to you know hopefully you can be more than just you're just a guy that can um, make a big play so um, that's to be determined, but but uh, like, like I like the uh, opportunity to have with him. Keanu Hill played in a primarily option-based offense. Yeah. So I know that's how I actually had a person ask me, why are they recruiting a wide receiver from an option offense? What does he bring? He um, arguably had the best practice today okay. of everyone. Made some huge plays, um, big, strong body. He's actually one um, – he's actually an extremely – sharp freshman okay. Texas kid mm-hmm. his uncle is Roy Williams his dad got drafted he's a football kid and so I saw that as I've been meeting and talking things just make sense he's able to spit off answers that not a lot of freshmen can do so today I think you were able to see him play with this level of confidence because he was, he was playing more comfortable so for mo- for most freshmen on day one you can see them playing timid Keanu had a phenomenal day and so I'm really excited um, about what the future holds for him last one I want to ask you is Javel Brown what does he bring 
he's a he's he brings the position of cornerback. Okay. So I didn't see any of him today. All right. Um, and we we put him at corner. And if I get him back at receiver, I'll I'll be able to give you a rundown on him. So, so. is it is it is kind of a back and forth to see how he pans out at different positions? Just yeah, to... exactly. That's what it was. So nice gum. I'll take this. So. All right. I guess the last thing for me, coach, is going forward in fall camp. You've talked about you want to see that your guys just kind of just step up and kind of embrace yeah. this. Do you have one or two guys that you've kind of placed that onus of leading this group on? Um, so I, I made it clear about the five kind of veterans. Okay. Um, but of those five, I've kind of put the kind of the brunt of the, the – uh, work on the three seniors, mm-hmm. Leva Hifo, Micah Simon, and Talon Shumway. Okay. Um, those are the guys who I know will always step up to the plate. And truthfully, Dax, Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney, like I could do the exact same with them, but um, and they have the same qualities. But I just like, as a coach, I like to give the seniors that opportunity because um, you know they're in such a critical role with it being their last year. Um, they just got that you know little element of extra passion because they know that this this could be. Their, their their last year playing. Yeah. So so I've I've kind of given it to them, even though I have five guys that I really I have all the confidence in the world in. Awesome. Thanks so much, coach. Yeah. No problem. Thanks, man. There you go. Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach. An interesting note that Javel Brown will be playing cornerback at least to start his career in a BYU uniform. I think that's probably some of the. Uh, the fallout with regards to Eric Ellison not making it into school at BYU. Dimitri Gallo, his junior college teammate from Mount San Jacinto College, is enrolled at BYU. But uh, So Javel Brown, a guy who was projected to play either side of the ball, will start out his career on the defensive side of the ball as a cornerback for BYU. But Fessy, as you heard him say, believes that he could come back over to wide receiver at some point. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah, I'll address, I'll be able to give you more of a scouting report once he's back over here, and I, I appreciate him addressing it that way. You can tell he likes what Keanu Hill brings to the table, and Keanu Hill yesterday was the only guy I saw who was limited. As the media entered uh, BYU fall camp, he was over on the training table getting his hamstring uh, iced up, and I'm hopeful that's not a major injury, maybe just a minor hamstring strain, that they're just making sure that he's ready to go for the rest of fall camp. But he was the only player player that I observed being limited or out during the media portion of fall camp yesterday. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with any other news that comes out about BYU football and in regards to fall camp. But I thought also another good point is Luke Andrade. He says the speed element is there, but he said that uh, Luke, in terms of trying to learn the system, says he's a little bit inside his own head. And that's understandable. First day of fall camp, you're a player who wants to really make a good impression with the coaching staff. So you're trying to really maybe overdo it in a way, but you're trying to make sure that you're also making a good impression on the BYU coaching staff. So some great stuff from Fessy Satake. And he said he's put the onus of leading this group on his seniors, but he's got five guys who's expecting to really lead BYU going forward. One of those guys I think who's going to help lead BYU forward is sophomore wide receiver Gunnar Romney. I spoke with him as well, and we'll play that interview on tomorrow's podcast. He had some great thoughts on his development as a player, his first year being injured, now finally being healthy what he expects to do for BYU this coming season. He's done some good work in the offseason. You can tell he's noticeably bigger. Uh, I would presume he's probably faster as well, and we'll get to that interview on tomorrow's podcast. Um, one other note for you guys before we go today is just some of the numbers of the newcomers to the BYU football program, if any of you are interested in that. We'll run down a couple of these here. Uh, Tyson Williams, one of BYU's graduate transfer running backs, award number five. His fellow graduate transfer, Emmanuel Asupa, or the guy they're calling Soup, around 
around the BYU football program over number 33 like he did at Rice. A couple other guys, Javel Brown, who we just mentioned, wearing number 10. Keanu Hill will wear number 12 as a freshman for BYU. Luke Andrada wearing number 24. A couple of the notes for you is that Joe Tukuafu, the tight end for BYU that left the program the same time Ula Tolatau left the program, has made it back to BYU. He's still listed as a tight end. Kalani Satake saying that he will play tight end. Listed at 6'4", 265 pounds. Kalani said that they really like his ability to anchor on the line in terms of his blocking ability. He will be wearing number 87 this upcoming season. And I think the coolest number, this is just my personal opinion, Carter Wheat, another incoming freshman tight end from the Arizona area, Red Mountain High School, if I'm not mistaken. He's wearing number 99 as a tight end this coming season. That's a badass number. That's just me. That's just my personal opinion. Pardon my French. I think that's great that Carter Wheat's wearing number 99 as a tight end. We'll see if he sees the field in any large uh, form or fashion, but cool to see that number. And then one other note, Pepe Tanuvasa wearing number 46, a kid from Tigard, uh, Oregon. He'll be joining, is it Tigard? Tigard? I don't remember how you pronounce that correctly. My bad. Uh, freshman at the Naval Academy a year ago, collected 32 tackles while playing in all 13 games for Navy a year ago. Well, he has transferred and joined the BYU football program. Kalani Sitake said he's excited to have him in the program. They're going through the waiver process to see in terms of if he'll be eligible this upcoming season or if he'll have to sit out. But Pepe Tanuvasa He's got a last name that a lot of uh, BYU fans or football fans in general will be familiar with. His father played collegially at uh, the University of Hawaii. And Pepe Tanavasa is kind of the newcomer, surprise newcomer to the BYU roster at this point of fall camp. All right. I think I've covered every note I can think of when it comes to BYU fall camp. We've been doing some, I did a recap, a short recap with my quick reactions on Instagram last night. If you guys missed that, follow the show on Instagram, Locked on Cougars. You also can follow it on Facebook and uh, Twitter as well at Locked On Cougars. Follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch. I'm also doing some written recaps of BYU Fall Camp at 1280thezone.com under the Hatch of Knowledge series there at 1280thezone.com as part of the Zone Sports Network. All right, uh, catching up on everything else going on in BYU Sports next. But before we do that, though, tonight is the opening night for NFL football preseason. The Denver Broncos are facing off against, uh, who are they playing? Atlanta Falcons. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons, excuse me, in the Hall of Fame game out there in Canton, Ohio. And, well, if you want to keep up to date with everything going on in the NFL, and there's a league uh, wide level. So we're talking that 30,000 foot view where you get all 32 teams. You get unique insights from Matt Williamson. He is an analyst, a former college recruiter as well as NFL scout. He does a great job. He is the analyst on the all new Locked On NFL podcast. He is going to be the analyst alongside host Brian Peacock. Check out Locked On NFL at your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique takes on the game. So check it out guys. The brand new Locked On NFL show right here on the Locked On podcast network. of Locked On Cougars. I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. Last month, our download numbers were the highest they've ever been. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of this podcast. We're over 260 episodes in, some odd, and it is awesome to be doing this each and every day. I had another person comment to me yesterday, Jake, I don't know how you do a podcast on BYU every day, but I told I told them 
guess what? BYU provides all kinds of storylines, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk BYU football, basketball, and every other BYU sport in between on a daily basis. Uh, other news in terms of BYU sports coming out is that the West Coast Conference Commissioner's Honor Roll came out. It's the 18th annual Honor Roll, which recognizes student-athletes that have balanced athletic success with academic excellence. 98 BYU athletes were named to the WCC Commissioner's Honor Roll, 23 earning gold honors, 27 earning silver honors, and 48 receiving bronze honors. Congratulations to all 98 BYU athletes on earning that distinction. It's fantastic. It means they're getting it done in the classroom. Watch list season rolls on as BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, who you heard from in the first segment, he was named as one of 34 players named to the College Football Performance Award CFPA 2019 preseason watch list for the CFPA National Performer of the Year trophy on Wednesday. It's another National Player of the Year award. The CFPA does more of kind of a statistical analysis, scientific look at how guys are performing. But to be one of 34 players on that list to start the season, I think it's a big honor. And congratulations to Zach Wilson on receiving that. And then one final note for you guys. We broke the news here on Locked on Cougars yesterday about the Matty Sissoko situation with BYU basketball and his official visit. Uh, details coming out yesterday. And... Uh, he has fractured his hand, and that's that's just the unfortunate news of it. But I think that it comes out that it was on a school-sponsored trip. He was riding along in a Razor, one of those side-by-side ATV vehicles, and tips over uh, and I can totally see what happens and any, any of you that have ridden in one of these side-by-sides if one of those things tips your natural reaction is to put your hand or your foot out to try and stabilize it but it says very clearly on all the warning labels throughout those vehicles do not stick your arm or leg outside the vehicle because that's a multi-thousand pound vehicle that will come crushing down on you and it's unfortunate Matty Sissoko fractured his hand in multiple places uh, per sources and likely is to miss a large chunk if not all of his senior season at Wasatch Academy. It's truly an unfortunate situation all the way around. And I would expect after this going down, BYU probably is a lot more careful, if not uh, nixes all activities like this going forward. I'm not going to say that they're going to do it for sure because I don't know that right off the top of my head, but I think that they're going to be much more careful going forward with regards to that situation, wanting to make sure that the prospective student athletes are taken care of when they come on campus to BYU because, like I said, just not a great look for the BYU basketball program. It's just it's not something you want to happen when a guy is visiting your university and you're trying to woo him as a top 50 prospect nationally to come play for your college basketball program. So nothing but best wishes to Matty Sissoko as he undergoes surgery to repair the damage to his hand. And I'm hopeful he's able to return for at least part of his senior season, if not all of it, if he makes a quick recovery. But it doesn't sound like it's a it's a short-term deal for him. The nice part is, according to the reports, I saw Jay Drew, Sean Walker. Uh, I think Mitch Harper also had a report out there. One of them mentioned that it doesn't sound like there's any ligament or tendon damage in the hand. It's just bones. And that's actually very good news because bones heal much faster than ligaments and tendons. And usually with ligaments and tendons, you have to have more surgery than you would have to have for just broken bones. So nothing but the best wishes to Matty Sissoko, but I, I hope that it serves as a wake-up call to all parties to make sure that, hey, 
safety, player safety, prospective student athlete safety is of chief um, concern to all parties involved going forward. All right, that is today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining us. Tomorrow's edition of the podcast, you'll hear from sophomore wide receiver Gunnar Romney, a guy that BYU fans want to see break out this coming season. He is excited to be healthy. He's ready to go. You'll hear from him on tomorrow's podcast. Of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well. So always fun to be with you guys talking BYU football with fall camp back underway. A reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by Bombas. Save 20% off on the world's greatest socks by going to bombas.com slash locked and get those socks. Also check out the brand new Locked On NFL podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, if you want to weigh in on the show, please feel free to reach out on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars, putting up videos, recaps, all that stuff on all social media platforms. Also, you can drop us a note at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com if you'd rather email us. If you want to sponsor on the show, you want to be an advertiser, love to have you on board. Please email us as well. And of course, you can follow me, my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 1st, 2019. Thank you.